0: I am speaking to the woman who flinches when her husband touches her. I'm speaking to the girl who isn't sure if she is wanted beyond what she can give with her body. I'm talking to the woman who is single and doesn't know what she's supposed to do with her longing for pleasure. I'm talking to the woman who hates sex because she was harmed by it. I'm talking to the woman who sees sex as dirty. I'm talking to the woman who doesn't know what to do with her unwanted sexual behavior thoughts and fantasies i'm talking to the woman who wants more sex but her husband isn't interested i'm talking to those who are hurting and who have questions and who aren't sure who to talk to about them welcome to the complicated heart podcast i'm your host sarah may and this is a show all about exploring messy heart topics and the strategies we can use to seek healing in the pain and restoration in the ruins How do you start a podcast series on sex? Do you start by telling your own story, the ups and downs and struggles with your own sexuality and history and wounds and experiences, or do you begin with questions and experts? It's such a tender thing, talking about sex, because it carries so much with it, so much joy and ache, grief and fire, confusion and lust and pleasure and pain. Some women struggle with the desire to have sex. Some love it. Some hate it. Some feel shamed or dirty by it. But I think, I hope, that we all, whether single or married, want to experience it now or someday with walls down, free and unashamed, unmarred, pure, good, fun, and without woundedness either through our own experience or the experience or sin someone brought into our bed. So how am I going to start this series? I'm going to start by telling you who it's for, why I care so much about this topic, and then I'm going to tell you some of my own story, the story of my body and my story of sex as I understand it up to this point in my life. I'm not going to tell you everything, of course, because vulnerability isn't about telling everyone everything. It's about being honest and faithful with our lives and what God has done and where He leads. And sexuality is sacred, and the details of my own story are sacred. But I will offer what I can, not as an expert, but as a friend. So who is this series intended for? Well, it's for all of you—younger, older, single, married— but I would say it's mostly geared towards those of us who want to see freedom in our sexuality, who feel locked up or dirty or scared or confused or hurt or wounded by sex in some way. This isn't a series on how to have the best sex, how to please your man, or how to complete 10 steps to your best pure on-fire sex life, although I do want to talk about good sex. I am interested in freedom and healing, and facing our pain and the torn-up places of our souls and our bodies, and to go from fractured sex lives to ones of wholeness and delight. I am speaking to the woman who flinches when her husband touches her. I'm speaking to the girl who isn't sure if she is wanted beyond what she can give with her body. I'm talking to the woman who is single and doesn't know what she's supposed to do with her longing for pleasure. I'm talking to the woman who hates sex because she was harmed by it. I'm talking to the woman who sees sex as dirty. I'm talking to the woman who doesn't know what to do with her unwanted sexual behavior, thoughts, and fantasies. I'm talking to the woman who wants more sex, but her husband isn't interested. I'm talking to those who are hurting and who have questions and who aren't sure who to talk to about them. And when I say I'm talking to, what I really mean is that I'm bringing along others who have experience and wisdom that I don't yet have. Therapists and doctors and older women and younger women who have something to offer us all. Because I'm with you in this. I have questions too. I care so much about talking about sex because It's personal to my own complicated experience with sex and also because I hear from you all through your letters and comments and when I go speak and you come up afterward and you tell me your secrets and I see your tears and I'm just so with you. More specifically, for me, once I began to listen to my body instead of condemn it, once I began to get curious about my secret thoughts and fantasies. Instead of judge them, the light of truth began to infiltrate the dark and seemingly hopeless places of my mind and my heart. I used to beat myself up, think I was a bad wife, and I overall hated myself and my body because it wasn't acting the way I wanted it to. Everything began to change when a counselor said to me, instead of judging yourself, get curious. Get curious about your fantasies. Get curious about your body and what it's telling you. Listen. I went on a journey where I read and researched and prayed and fought to understand my reactions to sex and sexuality. And through this series, I'm going to share what I've learned and even interview those I've learned from. I have so much I want to tell you. But for now, just know that I deeply care about you about women and freedom and the gospel, the good news that Jesus died and defeated sin and death so we could be free. Free to know God, to face the worst, most painful parts of our lives with the knower of our souls and come out okay. To get curious about our bodies and its responses instead of judging them, ourselves, our thoughts, beating ourselves up, and feeling hopeless in the midst of ongoing sin, confusion, and heartache to tell our deepest secrets and still be loved, to sin and repent a thousand times before the throne of grace, to join with God and our brothers and sisters in saying no to the assaults of the enemy who is trying to ravage our gift of sex. We are called to freedom, and sexuality and sex is not excluded from that call. It's not shameful, though it may be perverted. It's not something to fear— Although we may have been told we and it are dangerous, it is not something to despise, even though some of us surely do. If you struggle with sex in any way, it doesn't mean you are cold or dirty or no fun or too seductive or not good enough. It means that you are simply human trying to work out all the ways our bodies and souls have been impacted by an atmosphere of sexual repression, greed, hiddenness, powerlessness, seduction, and fear or in one word, sin. We have been targets, and we have been hurt, but we are not dead. And while we are still breathing, we can armor up, fight, rest, and believe that God still restores and redeems, even now in what seems impossible. I don't believe we can have perfect sexuality or sex lives on this earth, but I do believe we can choose to pursue freedom and healing that will help us get closer to the walls-down, unashamed intimacy that was created for us to have. So here's what I offer. Walls and knots and frayed edges. That's what I bring to the table. But also hope. I've experienced life-changing freedom in Jesus because of His great and gentle and ever pursuing love. I don't operate in complete freedom and healing, but I'm going after it because I've tasted it, and I believe there's a bit more for me to experience yet on this earth. And if you haven't given up, there's more for you, too. So now is a good time to tell you that this series is explicit in that we are talking about sex and pleasure and our bodies, but also about abuse and trauma in our bodies. I will always approach painful experiences with tenderness and care, but still use caution in what your heart can hold. There will be descriptions for each episode so you can make a kind and wise decision about whether or not it's for you at this time. Okay, so what I'm going to do now is just play a short excerpt from my book, The Complicated Heart, that gives a 50,000-foot view of some of my own intimacy struggles. Now, this is not current marriage intimacy struggles. This was uh, when I was, it sort of gives you an overview from when I was younger um, to being in college and still struggling with what I understood sex to be. So with that said, here's the excerpt, and then we'll talk again next week. All right, guys, here we go. I'm 22 years old, and I'm in my dad's office. In his desk, I find a report about me from kindergarten. The swirly letters on the page indicate that I acted inappropriately and showed sexual affection to other students. I'm told I was put into counseling for my odd behaviors. I asked my mom if she had any knowledge of me being sexually abused as a child. She tells me she doesn't. The counselor from my childhood tells me she believes I witnessed my mom having sex, and that's why I was the way I was. No one really knows anything, and it's the not knowing why I am the way I am that is so frustrating. I know I'm a sinner, but why this sin, this way? My mom talked to me about sex early and openly. When I was 10, she brought home a man and told me to stay downstairs with his son. We sat on the couch, staring at nothing, waiting. I wanted him to make a move on me. I leaned across him to turn off the light, hoping to entice him. Nothing. The next day, Mom told me she only slept with the guy for his body. I learned at a young age that sex was power. I learned it from my mom, from the old British man who stuck his tongue in my 12-year-old mouth at a get-together. There wasn't enough soap that could wash away the filth. From Sean, the ex-stepbrother, and from various guys along the way. I was equally confused and fascinated by this power. I learned something else as well, that I, Sarah, could be separate from my body. I don't know the first time I learned this lesson, but I do remember a day when it was reinforced, when I was 14 and had gotten drunk with Jason, the first boyfriend. On a walk home through a field that for some reason had a bench in it, we sat down. I'm pretty sure we had been drinking because I remember pretending to be passed out and that it was plausible that he would believe it. I did this just to see what he would do. He began to have sex with me. I was completely uninvolved, passive, tired, drunk, but he did it anyway. I didn't have to be involved, which meant I didn't hold the power. My body did. I had another boyfriend who did the same thing to me after I drank too much. I wasn't involved, but just let it happen. In the same moment I thought I was testing out a theory, I was actually being abused and had no idea. At that point in my life, it never struck me as wrong for a guy to take physical advantage of a girl who was drunk. On that bench, when a guy was being twisted with me, I also had a twisted curiosity about the whole thing, about the fact that guys could do what they wanted to me even when I wasn't involved. There was me, my personhood, and there was my body, and I thought I could separate the two. I believed that I had no power But my body, separate from me, did. It was the thing guys wanted. I just happened to come along with it. I didn't understand then that the body and the soul are intimately linked, and what happens to the body happens to the soul. There is no separation. So I let my body get me what I wanted and felt so deprived of. Closeness. Love. The illusion of security. If I gave my body, then I wasn't alone. I could be close to another person, and that person would want me. I would be worthy of attention and affection and love. I would be wanted. Sex became a deterrent to loneliness and a power worth having. Sex was never intimate or special or sacred or good. It was a tool, a means, and that's what I used it for. It's what I use when I'm in pain. I find someone to be with because it's the only way to not feel the pain. It's the only way to escape the loneliness and the depression and the confusing darkness. Thank you for listening to the Complicated Heart Podcast. If you like this podcast, if you found it helpful, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. Reviews are how people know if they should listen or not, so your review matters. Thank you so much. If you want to know more, check out the complicatedheartpodcast.com.